You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here is your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, happy Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 15th, episode 3138, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic. <laughs> Horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the show. We have listener, one of our terrific listeners, Alex Zachman, joins us for a breed highlight on the American Saddlebred and his amazing endurance saddlebred that he rides, who which is very pretty. Uh, plus studies show for March, and we have some very weird news coming up on today's show. Plus in the Auditor Post show, I dug into Reddit for a uh, oh God. somebody that was asking for training advice. Oh, this should be good. Yeah, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what everybody else recommended, and then maybe Monty's view on that. And then I'm, I'm going to introduce a new segment, Glenn. You don't even know this, and it's just going to be really short. And the name of this segment is called Don't Do This. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> That's, that opens it up to a lot of possibilities. I know. I know. But it's going to be a broad thing that you guys can submit your own Don't Do This later on. But today I found one and I just thought I needed to share. <laughs> well, I want to, before we get into the show, uh, you know, on Friday we went to that quadrille. We talked about it on Monday's show. And the first thing they did in the quadrille was a bunch of minis, four minis, that did a in-hand jumping quadrille to music and minis jumping is funny to begin with and then one one of the minis doesn't want to jump it becomes hilarious and it was hilarious it was very funny and it was a lot of fun uh and then we found out that the people sitting right next to us at dinner were were the people who were owned the minis and put it together and it was canadian athlete olympic show jumper jonathan miller the son of Ian Miller, like the most decorated uh, equestrian ever in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it was his son and, and his wife, and they have these minis, and they put this whole thing together. And it was funny listening to them talk about the one who wouldn't jump. Uh, so it was just fun. And we sat beside him at dinner the whole night. And then I found out the next day, and this story is now going around, that he was in some kind of gruesome accident at the barn. I don't know what. Uh, so this is Jonathan Miller, Ian Miller's son. He's who is it? Jonathan's an Olympian. Um, and he was admitted to St. Mary's Hospital down there, uh, immediately underwent, underwent brain surgery because apparently he had a hemorrhage that led to internal bleeding and swelling in his brain. So they had to treat it immediately. He's still in ICU and under surveillance, and apparently he's he's stable now. So, uh, But, you know, with this kind of injury, it's still up in the air. So we're just wishing he and his family, and it just, you know, it was just so weird that we, uh, you know, met them by accident uh, the other night, and then I read this the next day. So we're wishing them all the best. On a more positive note, over at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, it's in its final week. That's one of the biggest rodeos in the country. 
And over the weekend, teenager Mia Huckman broke a record. Now, Jamie, do you think it was in team roping or barrel racing or mounted shooting? You think it's one of those? Livestock rodeo show? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it could be anything. Well, how about, now keep in mind, she's a high school student at Lamar High School. And she happens to be an artist. And they happen to have an art sale at the rodeo. And she did a painting that's called Our Last Roundup, which is an actually very detailed, beautiful painting of a cowboy rounding up some cattle at, at the barn and shushing them into place. It was, And it's an old cowboy. kind of reminded me of Mount Monty, actually. Is that cowboy term, shushing them? Shushing them, yeah. And it kind of, the cowboy kind of reminded me of Mount Monty uh, a little bit. Well... Her painting sold for $275,000. What? Yep. <laughs> wow. She that's said, amazing. At a <laughs> stock show? She said uh, th- this was something she had dreamed about her entire life, was actually selling a painting at the radio. Apparently, it's a thing every year. Um, and ever since elementary school, she wanted to win and actually get the winning prize. Well, she did. The reserve champion work of art was painting named Morning Dove and was created by a 17-year-old Eliza Hoffman, which sold for $185,000. Peanuts. Peanuts compared. (laughs) You know, it's too bad we don't have any talent. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I read this, I go, wow, there's people with talent in the world. There's also a lot of people with a lot of money in the world. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. There's oil money down there. So there you go. If uh, any you live in Texas and any of your kids are into art, get them painting now because apparently they can pay for their college with by selling art at the Houston Rodeo. a couple auditor birthdays uh angelina cantrell and hillary borneman also one of jamie's friends jen chapman actually her best friend uh and- yeah one of my besties in my bestie in arizona jen she just recently adopted a horse from me and is doing great and loves it and so happy birthday jen yay well also i have to give another uh shout out daily winnie to jade from the uk who sent us a very lovely note and jade your note made both of our days so we appreciate you listening from the uk and uh we're so glad we have all of our international listeners that's a lot of fun So I have kind of two daily winnies. One is we usually talk about TV on Wednesdays, but we have the Reddit thing. So I just wanted to give a shout out. Ted Lasso started yesterday. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's my favorite show. So new episode, new season, Ted Lasso. If you don't watch it, Glenn, I mean, seriously. I think it's on one of the many networks we don't get. It's on Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, I don't get Apple TV. It's like five. It's so worth it. It's fantastic. It's not for children. There's a lot of swear words, but the rest of it is pretty amazing. Um, then my second daily Winnie goes out. I, do you remember I've posted a video before once or twice about um, the the dance parties that I like to have, which is I, I dance around head shy horses and oh, yeah, Taylor and Swift. I remember T T, T Swift and Miss Christina. Yeah, so uh, I was out in the round pen yesterday with one of the horses that is here for training from Horse and Hound, and uh, I was going to get on him, and I was all geared up to ride. 
But as Monty always says, have a plan, don't fall in love with it. And uh, because he's young, I had Chad with me because farm boy is still gone. Um, and so I had I had my husband with me. <clears throat> and is he like the like, lesser farm boy, your husband? He would not even consider <laughs> don't answer, himself Just a don't answer. Don't no. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I decide, I, I realized how incredibly head shy this horse is. And I thought, you know what? Instead of riding him, I need to just go to work on this. So I did it before and after. I posted it on my Flyover Farm Facebook page. Um, so, so I sat at the camera and I was showing the head shyness before, and then Chad came over and I said, here, hold, hold this while I, you know, hold the camera. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to try to like desensitize this horse and get him to stop flinching so dramatically. I mean, you raise your hand 10 feet away from this horse and he's like, Oh my God, like he shoots backwards. And, uh, sometimes there, there's certain trainers that I look at and, and unfortunately a lot of the horses that come from the same people have some of the same, uh, issues. And this, this one came really head shy. So anyway, I'm doing my little like dancing, but I don't have any music. Okay, it was just me in the round pen. You with and Taylor horse. Swift in your head. I had Tay, I had Tay Tay in my head, <laughs> and uh, so I'm jumping up and down. I'm because you couldn't even be like hi if you waved to a a quote friend who was there. You know, the horse is like, oh my god, peace out. So I'm doing all the things, and I'm jumping up and down, and I'm squatting and jumping and cartwheels and all the things to like get this horse and I'm dancing and I'm throwing my hands in the air and I'm punching the air and I'm doing all these moves, you know, just getting into it. And my husband says, um, can I ask you a question? <laughs> As he's standing <laughs> off to the side, I said, yeah, sure. He goes, are you, are you doing this for my benefit right now? Like, are you trying to entertain me? I was like, <laughs> Do you think this is me trying to be sexy? <laughs> like, what? No, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for the horse. He had never seen the whole thing. Plus, he never heard the, you know, I didn't have any music. And I think he really thought I was trying to be, um, sexy, like hot. <laughs> In your dirty or clothes. <laughs> uh, he just yelled up, You are hot. <laughs> Not yesterday. No, not with my vest <laughs> on, dirty my helmet, barn clothes. <laughs> dirty barn clothes. I've been painting. I'd paint on my breeches. Like I just a big, I mean, as much as a hot mess as you can get. I'm like, if you think this is me trying to be sexy, I've got to work on my game. Yeah, you need to improve. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a disaster. Oh, it was awful. But anyway, it's on video, um, but I didn't show the middle part, just the beginning and the end, which he got much better, but still reactive, but much better for day one but yes please no don't think that this is me being sexy that's embarrassing like what am i doing on a regular basis that he's like wow this is her trying like, you are a horse girl <laughs> oh gosh that. yeah exactly hey you wanted an update on the horses other horses just so you guys know um jack my new old horse goes to get his second dental float tomorrow so he's back to the vet clinic and uh, gonna get his teeth worked on i'm also gonna take jen her horse jen dunn who just did a listener who adopted he's gonna go get his teeth done so it's dental day tomorrow at at flyover farm and then uh also i've i've come to realize that having four horses in full training and then having um, my own personal horses i have become what i would like to call farm boy dependent I'm codependent with farm boy. 
I'm like, this is Can too much work. Can you write him off on your taxes as a dependent? <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'm the, I'm his dependent. Actually, at this point, I, I, I can't stand it. He's not here and I don't have any help. And this is too much work. I cannot keep all these horses ridden. Like, I only have a short window of like decent weather in the middle of the day. You know, it's like freezing cold in the morning. And then once it gets a certain time, it's like freezing cold at night. So I've got like three, four hours in the middle of the day that I'm like hustling to get all these horses ridden and um, I just I can't do it by myself again I'm retiring so if you guys want horses trained you better send them now because after farm boy graduates from college and moves away I think I'm going to retire <laughs> I'm quitting <laughs> well this episode is brought to you by State Line Tech we're going to get to our first guest here in a minute but I wanted to mention that they're uh, doing a end of winter clearance right now over uh, at statelinetech.com. Just click on the big, huge banner at the top of the page, and you can shop the sale, as they say it. Now, there's limited quantities on a lot of these things. There's blankets and shoes, winter shoes. And, you know, I got to imagine with this year's weather that y'all have had, that there's got to be a lot of destroyed blankets out there this year. There's going to be a Bunch of people buying new blankets, especially if you live up north or California, anywhere in California, actually. I'm keeping very quiet during this commercial. Why is that? I did it again. Last week, (laughs) last week we did the ad and there was all these like boots for sale. And I went on and um, my husband busted, just walked up the stairs with two boxes of boots. So I mean, when Were they're these on sale, boots? yeah, they're people boots. Um, I actually shop for myself. So like, I bought some big Dublin boots because they're like, you know, the knee high ones, and I have some right now. But I mean, it's like they're free when they're at the end of the year clearance, and I can save them for next year whenever my current ones die because I wear them all the time. Yeah. And the other part is that I needed some actual riding boots because I have some that are many years old, and the well. As the true horse girl goes, I have duct taped the sole back onto it. <laughs> yeah, and, the sole's um, always the problem. They always yeah, fall off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I only, now I'm like, I, I'm very precious with the time. I only put it on right when I'm about to get on, then I take it off right when I'm done because I, you clearly can't walk around with duct tape on your boot for too long. Uh, so I bought a new pair. So um, that was all last week during the Steeland commercial. And I would have you know that they have already arrived. They got here yesterday, wow. last night, apparently. So down by the gate. So mm. my husband found them. I brought them up here. And he was mm. like, um, these are for you. I'm like, it's just uh, thank you. Just lay them down. Don't. Yeah. Well, I'll look at those later when you're right not here. <laughs> I'm doing the show. I can't I can't talk about it. Okay, sorry. Okay, just put them down. Okay, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> Stayontag.com did it again. 1,530 deals in the winter department right now. Check it out today at statelinetech.com. Well, now we're going to go to our first guest today, and he is a listener of ours by the name of Alex Zachman. And this is kind of a breed highlight. It's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages, including saddlebreds. And that is what Alex is going to talk to us about today. Now, he does something a little different with the saddlebred than you would expect. So we're going to talk about that as well. Well, hi, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Glenn. I was telling everybody that we met at WISA and that you're a listener and, you know, I've heard our show and uh, we got talking about horses and then you mentioned that you were part of the Saddlebred group. And, you know, I think if there's one breed that is probably misunderstood in this country, it's Saddlebreds. You are not wrong. And then I will also say it was very serendipitous that we met at WISA because I tried to email you 
didn't hear anything. And then I turned around and you were like, boom, right there. Um, <laughs> I'm known for not everywhere. answering my emails, something it's, like that. It's funny how that happens. <laughs> I mean, he was talking to somebody else and then she said hello. And I just like stared at Glenn. Was, she, he it, did. It was he was kind of creepy, it was, it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it, it works with the really long beard that I have. <laughs> so, um, so, Alex, tell us, uh, you know, tell us kind of about Saddlebreds. One of the things I didn't know and, uh, until I did research this morning is that it's the oldest breed registry for an American breed in the United States. Yes, um, it's actually one of the oldest original American breeds that's not extinct as well. So the the Saddlebred is actually a cross between the Narragansett Pacer and the Thoroughbred. Um, the Narragansett Pacer is the horse that Paul Revere rode when he was yelling, the regulars are coming, the regulars are coming. Um, they uh, were bred into some other breeds as well, but the, the thought was they had a really nice smooth gait. Um, and when you... Um, ended up riding horses for primary mode of transportation. Um, you wanted to actually have a smooth uh, a smooth horse to ride if you were going to ride for twenty or thirty miles. And um, they br- they ended up uh, bringing in the thoroughbred to the pacer because they got the stamina and athleticism of the thoroughbred with the comfort of the Narragansett pacer. Um, and then the army actually ended up breeding out the. Uh, saddlebred as a uh, mode of transportation for its field grade officers. Um, so during the Civil War and everything like that, um, officers on both sides of the conflict uh, actually rode uh, saddlebreds. Um, so Ulysses S. Grant actually rode Cincinnati, um, who was the son of Cleveland, and then Robert E. Lee um, ended up riding Traveler, and I think Stonewall Jackson also had uh, a saddlebred. And the whole like show world actually came up because uh, the Southern Army, uh, the horses were actually furnished by the officers themselves. So when the Confederate Army was disbanded by the U.S. government, um, there were a bunch of horses just kind of sitting around and guys being guys challenged each other to say, Hey, my horse is more athletic than your horse. And that was kind of how like the show horse thing kind of came about. Guys don't act like that. They don't want to try to one up each other and challenge each other. That's weird. (laughs) I didn't know that part. That's interesting. You can see the, you know, you guys can see my my avatar and can see that I'm a little bit of a smart butt and have a pink unicorn skullcap cover. So yeah, guys don't like to flex or be funny at all. <laughs> hey, so talk about the misconceptions that everybody has. Yeah, I think you know a good chunk of it is that the the show world doesn't understand the sport horse world. The sport horse world doesn't understand the show world. And uh, I think, you know, a good chunk of folks look at the Tennessee walking horse and what the walking horse community did from a big lick perspective and just kind of said, that's all show horses. And if you look at Arabs or Morgans or any other high gated um, show horse, um, none of them actually do big lick. Um, you know, in the past, were there some questionable practices? Sure, there were questionable practices in, I think, any discipline. But well, the, before the really, you go on from there, I know, yeah. Jamie, you worked at a saddlebred barn, right? 
So I, I went to school in at the Kentucky Horse Park Equine Management School. And part of what we did was try to go see all the different breeds and all their uh, glory. And one of the things I had to do was go to, I think it was Tattersall's, a sale, a, a, a sale of uh, saddlebreds. And walking through the stalls and the barns and everything, they're all in these like sets that have their tails cranked up and and then you know when they're going through they had the shoes with the chains on them and then one of the things that they made one of the students do uh, because we're volunteering there is put ginger ginger up the horse's bum to make the tail so so like how are you involved with stand with with saddlebreds and how is that a thing so I am not a show person. Um, I am a sport horse person. Um, so I actually compete and fox hunt on my, uh, I compete in endurance and fox hunt uh, my saddlebred. Um, I'm, you know, candidly, I'm still kind of uh, learning the show world. Um, you know, what I will say uh, experience with changing behavior and um, getting folks to adopt change. Say we look at helmets in the English world, for instance, versus helmets not in the Western world, um, is that if you actually try to understand other worldviews and try to look at adding disciplines as an additive thing versus a zero-sum game, you end up being able to understand the other worldview and be able to have conversations and change behavior. Whereas if you just knife hand somebody and say what you're doing is wrong and don't bother to um, kind of understand the worldview, it's really hard to end up uh, adopting change. So keep your um, friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> and, you know, what, what, what I would say is that, you know, my experience with having conversations with the show horse folks is that all of them are genuinely curious and genuinely want to understand. And they don't know how to talk to sport horse people. And, you know, a good example of this is that at the Saddlebred Convention earlier this um, this year, um, there was actually a really big conversation about saddle fit. And it's just been recently in the last like 12 or 18 months that that whole kind of world is now having conversation about saddle fit, which in the sport horse side of things, we've been having those discussions for a couple of decades now. For lack of a better word, it's a little bit insular and we tend to be tribal people and we tend to want to hang out and chat with people that reinforce our worldview. And we don't try to understand other people's worldview to have conversations and actually invoke change. Well, but, boy, you just also described about every discipline there is. <laughs> you just described yeah. our country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're right. So, I mean, that's how we – you're right. A sledgehammer doesn't always – well, look at the big lick. We've been trying to use a sledgehammer for there for years, and, that, you know, it still hasn't changed. Um, so – you know, I kind of agree with you that these changes, whether it's in dressage or, you know, all of these things have to come up from within or it's not going to work. But then there has to be people from within that are willing to to take a look at what could change. And, you know, like I would also say, if you look at the economics, 
um, you know, a, a three gated or five gated horse is, uh, you know, about the same dollar amount as a dressage horse or a show jumper. And the really interesting thing is that the, the breeders and the things that make a really good three or five gated horse actually make a really fantastic sport horse. But again, it goes to the breeders understand how to talk and have conversations with show horse people. They don't understand how to have conversations with sport horse people. So I, I bought my mare uh, for $1,500 off of Facebook. Um, As we do. She, she <laughs> I <would> is... Never. <laughs> Not that we've never done that. No, we've never done that. That's weird. On, on her sixth generation pedigree, she actually has wing commander. Um, she has five uh, descendants that have... Uh, statues at the Kentucky Horse Park, and confirmationally, she was wrong for show horse. Her headset was a little lower, her action wasn't as high. Um, but you know, in two and a half years or so, uh, by the end of the year, we will have her competing in FEI endurance, and she is able to do uh, a 50 kilometer ride in right around three hours ride time. There's a uh, saddlebred uh, that did two back-to-back 300-mile competitions with the U.S. Army in the 1920s, and uh, he was actually a three-gated world champion. And the thing that's really fascinating is that, like, if you look at, again, what makes a really good show horse, if we're looking at potential for a second career like we do with standard breads or thoroughbreds or things like that, A pacing gate is more comfortable to ride over long distance, and they have stupid stamina because the cav like they were bred to be war horses, and they were the original American warm blood. It's just they're used in a discipline that is not understood by a lot of people. I will tell you, sorry, Glenn. Um, I will tell you that when I was in Kentucky, I had a lot of uh, a lot of time with the saddlebreds that weren't in the show horse world. And oh my gosh, some of the, I had these two girls that were like seven and eight and they were students and they had a saddlebred. And so I go over to the house and this is like the freaking most giant horse in the world. (laughs) And these two little girls are riding in their yard, no arena. Their parents have like set up jumps in their arena with like buckets and yard poles, you know, and this mare was as gentle and sweet and loved these children. And, and, and every saddlebred that I've been around that has that kind of, they have that kind of respect and like bond. Yeah. They're, they have a, a nice bond with humans. So it's like, like Arabian mares too. Like the older Arabian mares make the best lesson horses. Same with the saddlebreds. They just have like this innate sense of like, taking care of their rider i don't know but, that's but probably I, a war horse thing too right bred in from, yeah 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 100 yeah. um yeah I, i've actually yeah I, i'm the horrible person that will take meetings on my phone and walk around the pasture um i i actually had a conference call one time i was i was chatting with somebody from amazon and uh liberty ended up 
video bombing everything. And I completely sidetracked the whole meeting uh, because her head just popped in over my shoulder. And they're like, is that a horse? Like, yeah, <laughs> That's not a typical Zoom meeting. No, not, not for Amazon. So I, I think the point that Alex, you're trying to make, and let me see if I get this right, is is you feel, and rightly so, that they're kind of overlooked in the sport horse world and people should take a closer look. And they probably can get the ones that, you know, aren't good for showing, you know, cheaper than they could a thoroughbred or any other kind of sport, quote unquote, traditional sport horse. 100%. Like if you actually look at the the World Endurance Championship that was held in Boothieb, uh, um a few weeks ago, uh, Cheryl Van Dusen was the the top U.S. rider. I think she's ranked like she was the only U.S. rider to finish. Yeah, I, I think she was fortieth, and then she has a global ranking of like seventeenth. Um, her horse that she rode was JG General, and uh, he's actually part saddlebred, so he is uh, part national show horse. Um. So I, I thought that was that was really interesting. But going back to your comment, Glenn, about uh, a, a viable horse, um, you see a lot of folks. Like I love thoroughbreds, but thoroughbreds are very forward and very hot horses, especially if you're taking <laughs> a horse off the track, and that can be a Sometimes. lot of horse. <laughs> Sometimes that can that can be a lot of horse for people. Um, it's not saying they're not good horses, and it's not saying that you can't work through those things. Um, I'm saying, you know, from uh, alternative or something to kind of look at is, you know, if you want that challenge, go for a thoroughbred. They're fantastic horses, but they can be very forward horses. Saddlebreds can be forward, but they tend to not have the same challenges that a um you know, racehorse may have had. Um, so, it, you know, for somebody that's riding just on the weekends or, uh, you know, riding a few times a month or, you know, doesn't necessarily want to engage with a trainer to do everything, you know, those kinds of things like saddlebreds can be, you know, very good uh, options for, for a horse to have. Alternatively, you know, if you want to go to the FEI level, like I'm aware of uh, sat, like part saddlebreds in FEI eventing. I'm aware of like there's two or three barns down in Florida. There's a barn up in Virginia that just do saddlebreds and they're in pre-St. George Intermediaire and Grand Prix Dressage. Um, and then I'm I'm taking libs up to uh, the endurance side on um on the FEI side, um, I'm also still trying to be, you know, active with AERC and doing, uh, you know, kind of some of the local things and, um, you know, that kind of thing. But I think, you know, a good driver for us trying to go on the FEI endurance side of things is that Liberty can become a very good ambassador for the breed and show folks that, like, the perception of them being peacocks and hot-headed and untamable is a very wrong mindset. And she's a horse that can school first-level dressage and do lower-level jumps and fox hunt and be competitive from an endurance perspective. 
And you'll see her picture. I'll put that in the show notes for today's show. Alex, thanks for joining us today. We've run out of time, but I really appreciate uh, you coming on and being candid about uh, this whole topic. I think it's an important one. And yeah, I'm a guy who owns Hackney Ponies. I mean, talk about coming out of the show world a little hot, right? Uh So, I mean, kind of the same thing, yet, uh, you know, my Hackney Ponies have been great driving ponies, you know, years later. So thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. For sure. I thank you all both for having me on. Well, there you go. Another look at uh, a breed that uh, can be used for other things other than in the show ring. You know, it's, that, that was the point I know Alex was trying to make is, hey, look at mm-hmm. me. Look what I'm doing. And I also, I thought they were all five-gated, but apparently walk trot canner is the most prominent, and they can be taught to do the other two. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was interesting. Well, no matter what horse you're feeding, whether it's a saddlebred, a standard bred, a, a thoroughbred, or a hackney pony, check out Daily Dose Equine. They offer a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have on our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and to find a formula that's perfect for your equine partner at DailyDoseEquine.com. We realize that you're not going to find Daily Dose at a lot of your feed stores around the country. Well, you have a solution to that. Chewy will deliver it to your house for free. Uh, So check it out today. Just go to Chewy.com and all of their products are there. If you're looking for the one that uh, is good for a fat horse, it's called Car Buster, or Fat Pony in my case. Uh, And it's really worked well on Scooter. He looks terrific. And, uh, you know, he just looks good. He gets nutrients he needs. uh, And he's lost weight and he, he looks terrific. So check that out today. You have a new segment for us. I do. I do. It's real short. Okay. Don't get excited. Okay. But it's just one of those don't do that. And this is <laughs> um this is so so I need a sounder of somebody going, Don't do that. Okay. That's that's, that's the sounder need. right okay. there. Don't do that. Um okay, so this is from my Oklahoma. Are you horse. listeners that record really bad ads, we need a sounder that it sounds like this. Don't do that. There you go. Oklahoma horse Facebook page, one of the one of the four hundred thousand of them. Um, th- this message was put on the the board, and it says, <clears throat> "This is probably a long shot, but I'm looking for a filly under one. Papers are needed in the range of one k. Just wanting to raise it with my kids. Thanks in advance. Don't do that." I really need to find the green on green is black makes black and blue. I need to find I, that. I, I'm gonna keep going here because <laughs> okay. there were a couple helpful comments. There's a fun challenge where you can take a Mustang and tame it and win money. Don't do that. <laughs> and then finally the last comment. Well, you can do that, but yeah. I'm sorry, don't get a Mustang to gentle with your children. <laughs> By the way, this kind of relates to the post show too. <laughs> okay, the next the next final comment I had to stop reading. PM me if you have any interest. I got a stud colt that would be perfect for you. <laughs> don't do that. We recommend a Mustang mare over stud colt. <laughs> <laughs> And someone thinks she she wrote underneath that it's sent PM. Oh geez. Oh here we go.
Don't do that. Uh, uh, can't, I can't. Some people you just can't help. Anyway, there you go. There we are. <laughs> All right. It's time for some study show for March. This is the time when I take a look, go to Google, and I type in study show, and I look at the studies that we wasted money on over the last month. Now, you know, the reason we started doing this is because we were just dumbfounded at the amount of money spent on studies that we already knew the answer to. And now we've kind of made it into a game, and everybody likes playing along, so you can play along at home. And Jamie's going to play along right here live. Oh, God. So these are the studies for March of 2023. Now, I had a listener by the name of Jen, not my Jen, a different Jen, sent this one in. Now I got him sending in study shows. Uh, sent, <laughs> sent, sent this one in, and she called it the stupidest study of all time. <laughs> so I'm, here it is. Here's the number one thing that destroys relationships, says researchers who studied couples for 50 years. That's a long study. So, so I'm supposed to guess what yes, it is? What it is. Uh, yes. Infidelity. Well, actually, it was not. So oh. apparently, maybe uh, it's not the stupidest study of all time. <laughs> Uh, what would you think, though, you know, take infidelity out of that? Because that doesn't apply to... I was know. like, you know what ruins relationships? Cheating on them. <laughs> well, that'll do it, but it's not the majority. Okay, the thing that ruins relationships... Yeah, just don't um, overthink this. Okay. Um, I, I didn't overthink it, so what is it? <laughs> I noticed where your mind went right away. <laughs> I Lack yeah, of communication. Oh, my God, I almost just said that, but that was too stupid. <laughs> it was too easy, right? Lack of communication. And then they had the four reasons, the four things about the lack of communication. They went into more detail about the lack of communication after studying couples for 50 years. Yeah, I think lack of communication will do it. That will be the top one, I think. Um, and we've all been in those relationships where there was no communication. Uh, so next one. Studies show – God, this is, this is so opposite of one we just talked about. Studies show that a dog's breed, dot, dot, dot. A dog's breed says a lot about the physical exercise corresponding to the owner. <laughs> you mean they look oh, a lot like their dog? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, no. Do you remember how we just talked about the breeds of dogs and their traits and their behaviors? How the how certain breeds have better behaviors than other breeds? We went okay. down through the top 10 list. Well, this study shows that a dog's breed has little to do with the dog's behavior. <laughs> <laughs> So, exact opposite of the list. Do we, we just know had. who does these studies? It's just like somebody, like oh, yeah. Chat GPT, writing an article about dogs. Like, Jamie, and what studies. part of I don't read the article do you not get? Okay, oh, forgot. Okay. Sorry. Studies show that daylight savings time. We get this one every year. Every year this month, we get this study. Studies show that daylight savings time is blank. I think any of the time changes suck, so it's the worst. <laughs> Yeah. Any time change. Yes. So that's right. The studies show that daylight savings time is bad for humans' health. Yeah. Yet we still continue to do it every year. You know, last year, remember the House passed the bill to stop this? Well, the Senate never took it up. So that's why we're still where we are today. Uh, and every year, there's a study that says it's bad for your health. There was another study, too, that showed that uh, on the next day, after you change your clocks, there are more accidents than almost any other day of the year. Car accidents. So figure that out. That's weird. Yeah. Studies show three hobbies that can benefit your health. 
Now, I actually okay. read this one to get the three hobbies. So Okay, is it eating well, exercising, and having lots of Netflix and chill time? <laughs> By the way, all of you auditors trying to explain Netflix and chill to each other, cracked fantastic. us up. You made, <laughs> you made our day. <laughs> and Jamie was so relieved she wasn't the only one that knew what that was. Um, so, I'm like, just going around <laughs> saying it to children, you know, like, I'm just going to go home and Netflix and the chill. The children are the oh ones that know the meaning. <laughs> I know. So uh, you were wrong. <laughs> so oh. the three hobbies that can benefit your health are cooking, the, the act smoking. of cooking, the Drinking. act of cooking. <laughs> so actually doing Cook the cooking. It, but don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I do like cooking when I have time. When I'm not rushed, I do like cooking. Okay, so, well, you're so healthy. So for years, we would do this thing when we lived on our big farm. We would do, in our big house, we would do this thing on Sundays where we'd invite a different couple over that were friends of ours or boarders or whatever. And I would do four-course meals. And I would prepare all day, and we would have this elaborate four-course meal. Um, and uh, I don't know why that stopped. Um, but anyway, cooking is the there. Have time. And then uh, the, there are two teenagers from Texas that would agree with this one. And again, Wait, these, what were the other? What were the things? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Uh, these are the three hobbies that can benefit your health. And the two teenagers took up art. Art is on the list. Uh, not only did it benefit their health, it benefited their bank account. <laughs> so, art. Yeah. Which I'm terrible at art, so, you know, there's that. Sedentary. Um, hmm. Going outside is the third one. Actually, <laughs> leaving the house. <laughs> I just saw a video where this kid, he's like, you know, a young, probably like 21-year-old, super hot guy with like a beanie on and a shirt off. And he's taking a video and he's like, can I ask you guys a question? All y'all say that... All you boomers and Gen Z or Gen Xers say you just drink out of the water hose. Like, were there no sinks back then? And then somebody comes in and they're like, listen, when I was a kid, we the door would open and we would get a foot in our behind that would then shove us outside. And you weren't able to come back inside till the sun was down. Yeah, mom didn't want you back in the house. You had to get water somehow. That's true, (laughs) too. I drink out of the hose like every day. Uh, It's okay. It's so easy. Um, But yeah, um, (laughs) then I saw another person was like, and, and no, he went on to say, he was like, you know what outside is? That's that place that you go to uh, when you leave your house and you go to your car. That's outside. You should you should check that out. <laughs> Explore that a little bit. <laughs> All right. Studies show that the phrase you make your own luck is true or false. Well, I mean, it's not a it's not real, but yes, yeah, it's, it's true. It is true. It's well, they said it's partly true. That yes, thinking that you can create your own luck actually helps you create your own luck. Which again, I could have told you is true because it's true. Recent yeah, studies it's like when you train horses and your horse is really awesome at the end of the training and they say, Oh, he got the good one. You know, like, no, I just did a better job. Yeah, there you go. If it, if you make it look like it was easy, then you did a good job. Recent study shows that this state is number one for horse lovers. And this, by the way, you're, you'll get this because it's been this it's been this state for since we started the show. I mean, and then it's, you know, it's all the constant argument between Kentucky and Florida. But since you're doing the story, I bet it's Florida. No, it's always been California's number one. 
Oh, California has always been number one. Texas always number two, still is. Florida three, Kentucky, and then New York. Okay. So as far as, you know, people that own the most horses and barns. I think you said love the horses the most. Well, you know, it's the number one state for horse lovers in quantity. Um, okay. Well, you didn't say that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, now, this study, uh, of course, coffee. There's a coffee study every single month. Studies show that coffee has a health benefit we've only just discovered. Care to Makes guess? you poop. <laughs> Which is your answer every month. (laughs) (laughs) Higher blood caffeine levels may help people stay slim and cut their risk of diabetes. So drink more coffee and get skinny. It's basically what I Don't put sugar in it. Don't go to (laughs) start. Not another like, oh my God, I can go get that white chocolate. Oh, but you're wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. Because the next study, a new study showed that sweets are. (sighs) They're so good for you. Apparently true. Not as bad for your health as one thought. So go ahead and put that sugar in the coffee. Put that milk in there. My brain hurts from all these contradictions. <laughs> Coffee's good for you. Coffee's bad for more, you. Coffee helps you lose coffee. weight. Coffee helps you gain weight. It just, yeah. Finally, the last one. <laughs> this is the stupidest study of all. Studies show more hospital visits from the elderly in this season. Um, the winter because yes. they slip and fall and, st- and, and shoveling study? snow. Yes, that more there's more hospital visits from seniors from shoveling snow. Oh my than, god! Just yes. stop! I hate this segment. <laughs> I hate this. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I don't do this anymore. <laughs> Listeners love now. this segment probably because you hate it so much. <laughs> well, how about we do a segment you actually like? What do you think? Let's do it. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yeah, yeah, there's just always weird news. If you're ever looking through the news and you see something and and, and you're reading it and you're like, that's super weird. Email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Just like, are you ready for this? I'm ready. You sent one. Glenn, Laureen, Nicole, Debbie, Sarah, Summer, Amanda, Sandra, Thomas, Electra, Katie, Danielle, Melissa, and April did. Did you give Uh, the one I sent you this morning? Yeah, the the seaweed thing. Yeah, you have to read the first couple of paragraphs. Oh my god! Uh, but I I actually was not oh going to do god. that one because I thought that would be more important coming from your mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're in Florida, uh, so but I had to get to this one because. Okay. Let's see. I just read off how many names. One, three, four, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like twenty names, and at least over half of you sent me this one story. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to do. Remember last week? Do you remember the animal that was the subject of all the stories last week, Glenn? Oh, was it? Wasn't it the alligator? Yes, it yeah. was. And um, so this is an alligator story as well. Apparently, I struck a chord with uh, our listening audience, and they like alligator stories. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's a home inspector in North Carolina and he they're building the house, but he like went to do an inspection and he got like, you know, you just inspect the basement and all clear and you go through the house and you're looking and there's some guys that are like sitting down, like having a lunch break, like the workers that are working on part of the house. Well, his name is Dean Brown and he goes up to the attic of this house. And again, 
North Carolina, goes up to the attic. He's like, there really isn't much light in the attic. So I, I saw something in the corner and I thought, that looks like a face stuffed gator of some sort. He didn't really move at first. He's kind of asleep. So I shot my flashlight on his head and his eyes started to open. And you know what he did? He gave me a wink and he let me know I'm alive. There was an alligator in the attic. How the hell did it get up there? The code enforcement off official decided to back away, but not before taking pictures <laughs> yeah, course, and calling course, a coworker to let him know what was that. going on. <laughs> That's required. It, it remains unclear how the alligator ended up in the attic, but Brown says he thinks the door to the house was left open and they just walked up. Who pulled down the attic thing? Whatever. Um, the builder oh did God. say, I saw mud in that house on Monday morning. And I wasn't quite sure where it came from, but you know what? I called in some crews, cleaned up the mess. And we just never thought anything about it. You know what? But it turns out that's probably the alligator walking on up in the house. Um <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, the inspector did say, nobody would believe me. I made phone calls and I told people around me and nobody would believe me. One person did get around to coming in and going to have a look. And then when he realized I was not joking, he was able to communicate with the rest of the workers on site that they needed to leave. Because what he apparently did, he was like, comes downstairs and the guys are like, they're having lunch. He's like, y'all probably need to get out of here. And they're like, uh, that's hilarious. You're an inspector. Shut up. Uh, no, see, y'all need to come take a look at what I'm seeing okay and then y'all might want to go ahead and go he does say that it was an experience that he will never forget i bet <laughs> i bet oh all right can i read the beginning of my 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 yeah. you? All go right. ahead. Yeah. so this is for all of you people traveling to florida on vacation over the next mm, couple of months or so going fun. on the cruise of the caribbean or heading to the keys to hang out and drink at the bar a giant blob of seaweed spanning 5,000 miles and weighing an estimated 6.1 million tons threatens to blanket Florida beaches and Caribbean islands with smelly piles of decaying brown goop. We're going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma right now. And uh, just outside of Tulsa is this town called Broken Arrow. And uh, they're, you know... People are stupid. Uh, there was a man at the Ross Dress for Less on Saturday afternoon. And uh, he goes in with this, you know, I'll take five. And he goes in and he sits down and starts changing. Well, the people outside heard a ginormous loud boom. Ah! Boom and screaming. Yes, that's right. While the man was changing in the dressing room of the Ross Dress for Less, he shot himself in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's fine. He's he's in stable condition. Put the safety on that pistol. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason you take gun glasses. There you go. Cruises and guns. Scariest things on the planet. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like how much time we have. How are we doing on time? We're yeah, good. One or two more. Uh, I'll just see. I, I did. You know what? Arizona. Let's go to Arizona. Uh, there's a, there's so many stories y'all sent me. It's awesome. Um, this lady comes home in Arizona and she's got, uh, you know, like she's pets and, and she's got a doggy door. It's a terrible idea to have a doggy door in Arizona. 
Let me tell you why. Because I think she goes it's a terrible, to, to, it's a terrible idea everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave that thing open all the time, okay? Because what happens is animals that you may not think should come in your house come in your house. And so this lady walks up and she goes into her house and she sees um her pet bed. And she looks down and she sees a pet that's not hers laying in her pet bed. Um, There's a dog bed. And turns out that what's laying on the dog bed is a bobcat. (laughs) He wanted some comfort. (laughs) Walked through the doggy door and took a nap in the dog bed. She was able to get pictures and and got out of the house. (laughs) Of course, you have to take pictures before you die. Um, And so um, the question that I had, which was... Where's the dog? <laughs> Where'd the dog go? Yeah, the dog left. And <laughs> no um, what? Yeah, the dog was found the next day injured and was treated at a local veterinary center. Apparently, not only did this bobcat come in and be like, that's my bed. The bobcat was like, I'm going to murder you and then I'm going to take your bed. But the dog was able to escape and left and was injured, but was treated and has been released and everybody's okay. And the bobcat, actually ran out of the house so nobody got hurt and then nobody got badly hurt and the bobcat remains at, at large so close your doggy doors you know it makes you wonder if the bobcat was visiting every day and she didn't know it, it might have been who knows <laughs> This is real quick. I'll just give the headlines because there's stupid people everywhere. And then there's people with too much money everywhere. And that's where they met was um, a lady had a, an iPhone in 2007. And she got she. That's an early new, one. Yeah, she had a new job. And so pitched uh, all her friends pitched in to buy her a brand new iPhone. And she didn't really need it. Uh, so she'd just gotten a new like non-smartphone and just didn't want to switch to AT&T from Verizon. So she just kept it in the box. Well, she just sold it. Do you know how much she sold her 2007 iPhone for? Which had to be one of the first versions. Um, it was the very first version, and it sold for $63,000. It was in an online auction. That's right. Again, why? $63,000. <laughs> Next story. Last story. We're going to go over to, to England, Great Britain, Wildlife rescuers were called to a house because they heard a bird in the walls. Uh, uh, like they could hear this bird uh, chirping inside of a wall. No idea how the bird got in there. Uh, they, the wildlife rescue said that there was no obvious entry point uh, that they could find. So it was a mystery how any bird would have gotten itself into the wall. So, you know, they get like the stethoscope and they're tracking down where the bird is and they're trying to like cut a safe area. So they cut a big hole in the the people's wall and they can hear the chirping and they get flashlights in there and they're like, oh, my God, there's an owl in their wall. Again, and how do we get there? <laughs> well, the story goes on. Because there's an owl in their wall and they're like, it must be sick because it's not trying to fly away or anything. It's just in their wall and they're they're cutting towards it and the bird's not trying to fly away, but it's just in there chirping. And they finally get a net over the bird and they trap the owl and they bring it out. It's a stuffed headwig from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Again, why was it in the wall? <laughs> why was it in your wall? I don't know. That kind of sounds like a Harry Potter thing, actually. <laughs> I mean, he transported there, I guess, somehow magically and used his owner's invisibility cape. I don't know. Yes, a suspected bird trapped in a wall was a stuffed Harry Potter toy. And it oh just gosh. peeps and makes noises. Why was it there? How did it get there? And it was, I don't know, but that's awesome. <laughs> All right, that's it for Weird News. Thank you, everybody that submitted there. And where can people send their weird news? Uh, you can, I, I'm just, real quick, I'm just going to read you the headline that uh, comes out from the National Park Service. Um, the They've offered some advice to those who encounter bears. And I'm going to let you, you can read the article yourself. But the National Park Service says, quote, when you're faced with a bear, never push your slower friend down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that was always everybody's plan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that advice. Okay. Um, you can send your articles to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. So thank you all for sending it. Again, um, Glenn, Lorene, Nicole, Debbie, Sarah, Summer, Amanda, Sandra, Electra, Katie, Danielle, Melissa, April, and Thomas. Appreciate it. Love you. Mean it. And everybody, uh, we do have a bunch of people signing up for the cruise, which is going to happen before seaweed season next year in Florida. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, go on over to horseradionetwork.com and cr- click on the cruise banner at the top of the page. You can get all the details, talk to our travel agent, and get uh, all uh, get your cruise set up. I know we have a bunch of people that have been on the cruise before that have already booked. So we're looking forward to having you along. Tomorrow on the show, we have the Equine Affair episode. We have Guy McLean joining us. He uh, we got we had a chance to interview Guy, so we're going to bring that to you. He's going to be at Equine Affair and performing over there. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I've known Guy for 14 years now, so uh, I am looking forward to seeing him in person. And and all of you at Equine Affair, we're having a meetup on Thursday night. I posted it on the Horses in the Morning page, Facebook page, and on the Auditor page. Uh, we're going to do a dinner. A bunch of listeners are setting this up, so that's the Thursday night of Equine Affair, and then. Uh, I think we're busy on Friday and Saturday night with engagements over there, too. So uh, we're looking forward to meeting all of our listeners. We'll be recording. Allison and I will be doing Horses in the Morning three mornings there at Equine Affair and having all kinds of fun guests. And you guys can come watch that at the Equine uh, uh, yeah, at the Equine Network booth. We're going to be there set up. So you'll be able to watch us do a show, which will be kind of fun, too. That's it for right now. Auditors, hang on. We're going we're gonna to go to Reddit. Everybody's favorite place for absolutely true, uh, you know, documented answers to questions. Spade near geld, everybody. Check your addicts for alligators. And bobcats, apparently. Bobcats in your dog bed. Dog door in Florida, not a good idea. (laughs) Don't push your friends down when you see a bear. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. I didn't know till I was looking. You know, every community has their own Facebook page, and we have one in the community we live in, and it's a big community. It's like there's like 20 miles of roads. But the backside, it backs up to some woods, and I didn't know that a bunch of the homeowners over there have been having bears in their backyards every day. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) All right. So here is Reddit. And this one is titled Seeking Advice. Hey, guys, it's my first time here. 
This may be, get a bit long, but I want to provide context. My mother has had horses trained and ridden them longer than I've been alive 20 years. I have never done horseback riding, but I am planning this important sentence. I have never done horseback riding, but I am planning to start this spring. We have a youngish horse who was born in 2009. She had quite a traumatic birth. My dad had to cut her out of the amniotic sac. From then on, she was stuck to her mother and she was weaned off very late. She was never trained ever and has spent 13 years of her life on pasture. My mother claims there is no point in even attempting to train her since she is practically a wild horse and will cause harm to anyone that tries to ride her. On the other hand, I have read that it's always possible to train even older horses, so I'd like to try it at some point in the future. Do you remember the sentence I said earlier? Uh, I'm listening. I know my idea sounds stupid. Yes, it does. But she is a beautiful horse, and I feel like her potential is going to waste. Well, that's probably true. That last part is probably true. She's probably a beautiful horse, and her potential is probably going to waste. Do you want to hear some of the answers? Yeah. Just let her be a horse. That is her full potential. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely can train older horses. It is more difficult, in my experience, uh, to train an adult horse, and that has been minimally handled versus a younger horse has been handled starting early on. That is a true sentence right there. Mm -hmm. If you're serious about giving her good training, then you need to send her to a professional trainer for five plus months. Mm -hmm. Three for breaking in and the rest for refining aids and making her a suitable horse for beginners such as yourself to ride. Three months won't be enough. I assure you that. And then I five I, months won't be enough to make it. <laughs> and I'm sure this person's a trainer. Um, I would recommend that she be sent to a professional and uh, to 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 have her trained, it, which is uh, and uh, there's a lot of them. Send her a professional. Send her. A professional. Does anybody say I'll trade you for a year yearling stud call? Nobody <laughs> said that. Um, and then one wrote, "You're a troll, right?" <laughs> Horses can be trained to a degree at any point in their life, but are you going to trust someone that has extensive horse experience and has literally known this horse's entire life or internet strangers and blogs? Good point. But, you know, when you don't know anything, where do you go, right, to get answers? I Uh, don't know. Maybe your mama who's been riding and training (laughs) horses her entire life. And also, why did your mama let this horse go in the pasture like for 12 years without touching it. There's there were a, a lot, lot of people. And then just like out of my playbook, a person named High Doc 42 wrote green plus green equals black and blue. So there oh, we go. Yeah. It, I was looking for it and it was there. It was there. You know what I would write on that? What? It's like, what, what was this person's name who posted it? Um, not a scrub anymore. <laughs> okay. Dear not a scrub anymore. I think this is a fantastic idea. I think you should create a bond and you can grow together. All you have to do is, you know, spend time with her and um, you'll bond and then you can just ride her, jump on her back, go galloping through the fields. You'll train her perfectly and then you can go to the local show down the street and win enough money to save your farm. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens in all the movies. I mean, it's like, it's gotta be true. Obviously (laughs) it's true. Right. And they yeah, it is true. Every horse movie ever made. 
when you're training this horse, there's going to be a young man who comes to the farm to do some random farm work. He is going to help you and then you're going <laughs> to fall in love with him That's right. and you're going to get married but you're going to realize that maybe your dad who cut the horse out of the amniotic sac may not have paid all of his taxes on time yeah, that's because right. that's just the kind of guy he was. And what's going to happen is after you learn that the tax bill is due, you know, you you're the only one that can handle this horse because you have a great bond with her. And like you guys are like besties and you know, you've got your man now and, um, now all you have to do is set out to the local dressage show and win the big prize money and come home and buy the farm back at the auction steps. You walk up at the last minute when they're about to say sold to the banker who's going to develop the property and you come up and you're like, I'll give you the money because you just won it at the local horse show because, and, and so then what happens is the camera pans out, not the camera, it's just, you know, people look around and they see your dad standing there with your mom and they're both crying because they're so proud of you. And then you turn around and your boyfriend who's been the farmhand kneels down and proposes to you right there at the base of your family farm steps that you have just saved by gentling this horse in the wild and bringing her to a local horse show and winning several hundred thousand dollars to pay the tax bill that your dad did not pay because he was too busy cutting horses out of amniotic sacks. <laughs> you forgot the wedding. She was on this horse at the wedding. You forgot that. Well, wedding. that's late. That's part two. Oh, that's okay. Next, next Christmas, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> You've watched way too many horse movies. <laughs> I don't have to watch them. I just read about them. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now go ride your horse. <laughs>